message today as we enter Faith, Love, Hope. And I love Faith, Love, Hope season. I love it that it's where we come together and we fine tune our vision, our mission. Uh, we celebrate the things that we do uh, and have done. And uh, we watch God significantly touch our hearts to see miracles happen. And we come together on that first weekend of June, uh, believing God and uh, for a, 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 such a huge um, uh, harvest of what God's gonna do. We get ready to, to give. We get through the uh, month of uh, May, considering planning what we're gonna bring to the table of that offering in June. And every year we watch God go way beyond our dreams and the testimonies that come out of it. And what we're able to do as a church is significant. So today I wanna speak to you, it's called, I call the message, there is treasure in His house, in God's house. And uh, let me start by reading from Matthew chapter six, verse 21. And it says this, for where your treasure is, there will you be your heart also. For where your treasure is there, it doesn't say where your heart is, uh, there's your treasure goes. It says, no, the truth is uh, where your treasure is, your heart goes also. And I think it's important every now and then to stop and ask yourself, what is my treasure? Well, what are the things that are important to me in life? Um, what captivates me? Uh, what do I invest into? Um, what am I prepared to defend at all costs? Uh, what's of the utmost importance to me? And it's very good to stop and clarify your treasures because along the way, uh, the, the world will come through and try and steal the power or the love you have for your treasure. I remember the movie, The Lord of the Rings uh, back in the day. And I remember that creepy creature, Gollum, and uh, his, um, his treasure was that ring, remember? My precious. And, and it was all that he lived for. As a matter of fact, it's what he died for in the end. It was his precious, it was his treasure. So the, the question again we start with today is what is your treasure? What's important to you? I think there are things that should be, you should consider as your treasure. Your health should be one of your treasures. Your relationship with God should be one of your treasures. Your marriage should be one of your treasures. Your family should be one of your treasures. Maybe it's a person that you treasure. Your freedom should be something that you treasure. Your prosperity, the purposes of heaven, all these things are reasonable treasures to have. They are worthy treasures. But we need to consider what is important to us. See, I know this from that Scripture. I can tell you what your treasures are, for there also your heart will follow. And I know what your treasures, because you know what you'll do is if it's your treasure, you'll put time and energy into it. You will sow into it. You'll make a difference into it. You will focus on it. It will create uh, excitement in your heart. See, your, your bank account is not just an accounting statement, it's a moral statement. In other words, it tells you where your heart is because that's where your treasure is also. Your treasure is, therefore your heart follows. And it's important to realise that if there's treasure in life, and we all should have treasures of worthiness, then there will always be, if there's treasure, there will always be treasure pirates. Wherever, wherever there is treasure, there are treasure pirates. There's always a pirate that will come and steal from you if you allow it to happen, all right? And I think it's important we should realise that these pirates come and they, they don't come in, uh, in the sense of obvious. They do come in a way that, that come in from the side and take us out. For example, and this is just one, uh, but it's a powerful um, a treasure pirate, is familiarity. Uh, familiarity comes around uh, our lives without us realising it. And that was once, that which was once exciting is now ordinary, normal, and even sometimes annoying. 
If we can go from exciting as our treasure, we've got this, we love this, it's great. And then over time, familiarity comes in and steals that passion away from our hearts. It's like, um, I've got this, I read this story of this husband um, uh, and it's over a series of years as his wife gets a cold or a flu. Uh, obviously it's pre-COVID. Um, but um, uh, it's his reaction to her cold symptoms. Like they're just married. And she gets a sniffle and he says, honey, I'm really worried. It's a bad sniffle. I'll drive you to the doctors. I've organised your mum to come over and take care of you. Year two, she gets a cold and it's, listen, darling, I don't like the sound of that uh, cough. I've called the doctor. He's coming straight over. Year three, year three, maybe you should lie down and get some rest. I'll get you some soup. Then year four, that pirate starts to come in. Hey, hun, be sensible. Make sure you get some rest after you've dropped the kids off and done the ironing. Year five, sounds bad. The codril's in the bathroom, I'll call you later. Year six, why don't you gargle with something instead of around, sitting around here barking like a seal? And then COVID happens. For Pete's sake, cover your mouth. You want me to catch something? You know, and what happens is the pirate of familiarity comes in and steals from what was once exciting, and that's why you married that person, and now that's normal, ordinary, and sometimes just annoying. It happens with church life. You can be coming to church for quite a while and man, when you first came, it was so exciting. People got saved and you're excited about that. And now that, that's become sort of normal, sort of ordinary and, and it doesn't have the excitement that it did. It doesn't, it, it's that pirate of familiarity that comes and steals away the treasure that we put as the most important things in our lives. And we've got to make a, an intentional focus to regain our treasure to make sure we stay at our trail. We've got to continue honour and put honour on the things that are important to us so they stay as our treasure and not be stolen away by treasure pirates. You know, so today I want us to speak to us about this whole concept of what should be important to us. And I think one of the great treasures of our lives should be as believers is the Kingdom of God. That, uh, that, that, that what comes from heaven is so important to you and I. Um, his purposes, uh, what about getting heaven to worth. Uh, to the Christian, this should be our great treasure, our great reward, is understanding who we belong to. Belong to. I, I know this, that, that life is short, and it doesn't matter how long you live, but eternity is long. Eternity is very real, and it's a lot longer than you think. And, I, and I'm sobered again by what takes place in our world. I mean, I, I look at the passing of uh, Pastor Sam uh, at our, our church at Redcliffe at, at the age of 44, 45 years of age. And again, it puts in my heart the reality that we are mortal beings. That, that really, at the end of the day, my greatest treasure has to be my relationship with God. For life is short, but eternity is long and how I consider Him now depends how I spend that eternity. So when we said farewell to Sam, it wasn't sad because we knew He was in the loving arms of His Saviour. That to me is significant in understanding that we've got to keep the right things as our treasure. And the purposes of God are essential for all people, not just you and I. So again, the purposes of God should become one of our great, great treasures. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this, but seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things shall be added or attracted or brought to you. It says, seek first the Kingdom of God. You'll notice it does not say seek second the Kingdom of God or seek third or seek at the end of your day. It says seek first the Kingdom of God. And this is significant because the way God's Kingdom works is that if you seek Him, 
and His righteousness, then all the things you need are added to you. There are too many people chasing the things, not the King. And when you chase the King, then you get what you need. It's attracted to you. That's how the Kingdom works. It's like being in business. It's not about chasing money. It's about getting good at what you do and money is attracted to you. It's like (laughs) I tell the young men at church, it's not about chasing the girls. It's about attracting them. Have a shower. That'll change somebody's life right now. It's worth coming just to hear that this morning. Because to a woman, smells the most significant sense that they have. So, I know, and so the Kingdom of God is works on that same principle. We're not trying to chase the world into the Kingdom. We should be living a life in such a way that the people out there are attracted to the Kingdom. The Bible says, they out there will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. Our greatest outreach tool is who we are. We're not chasing, we're attracting. It says, but to seek the Kingdom. And I want you to know a couple of things about seeking. Seeking is not glancing at. Seeking is not peeking at. Seeking is to be captivated by, to chase down something. God hides His treasures, not that they won't be found, but they must be first looked for. Seek first the Kingdom of God. You gotta seek God out. And those that seek Him out, and His righteousness, then all the things that you need are added to your life. Then everything else in the world goes better when you seek God first. It's gotta be our treasure. It's gotta be the number one treasure. Psalm 92, verse 13 and 14, comes at the same principle from a different perspective. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I I find this significant because I I wanna be, as I get older, fresh and flourishing. I I don't wanna be that bitter and angry, grumpy old person. I wanna make sure that I'm fresh and flourishing. And that, that happens by being planted in the house of God, being around the people of God. I know this, as you get older, your body doesn't get as nimble as it, or not as nimble as it used to be. And if you don't keep moving, you, you shrink up. And you, you know, it's like at a certain age when you, you go down to tie your shoes, while you're down there, you're thinking, what else can I do while I'm down here? Um, uh, and, and therefore, you've got to keep limber. Uh, in life, you, you want to run fast. If you can't run fast, run slow. If you can't run slow, walk fast. If you can't walk fast, walk slow, but keep moving. And it's the same in the spiritual realm. Don't just jam up on it, don't just sit back. No, you've got to keep alive and alert and flourishing in the house of God. You're gonna be planted in what He wants to do and who He is, because that's your great treasure. Otherwise, you're gonna jam up and not be able to be all that God's called you to be. The things, the blessing comes from being planted in the house of God, not popping in. Not, not attending every once in a while, but being planted, locked in, community, friends, people around you, committed, roots down, generationally connected. There is great blessing and reward in being about God's business and being planted in His house. And at the end of the day, from what I read in the Bible, the only thing Jesus is coming back for is His church. The only thing He's coming back for is His bride. He's not coming back for everybody, He's coming back for His church. And therefore, if that be the case, we've got to realise that the church is the most powerful and the most wondrous thing on the earth. Now, is the church perfect? Absolutely not. You're all here, you've spoiled it, all right? 
The church is not perfect. It hasn't been perfect for 2,000 years. The church is not God. But listen to me, the church is God's. It is God. You can't love Jesus and not love the church, all with, even with its imperfections. The Bible says that Jesus is the bridegroom and we are the bride. The church is the bride. And I don't know about you, there's not one bridegroom I know that wouldn't punch you in the face if you said, you're really handsome, but your bride's ugly. And therefore, there's gotta be a sense of, not only do we love God, we love His church with all its imperfections. Because that's what He's coming back for. And this has gotta be our great treasure. There's, there's treasure in His house when we belong to Him. He's only coming back for His church. Our treasure is to be planted in His house. It's our treasure. It's one of the great treasures I've had as a believer of 30 something years now, is the great treasure I've had is being planted in the house of God with the people of God. I, I remember doing chemotherapy back in 2012 when I had lung cancer and throat cancer. And uh, I, I remember the, uh, the prayer support that I had through churches around the world, through the people of God. The teams we had here, the people that would drive me in and drive me back home and, and make them wear mouth, a mask before they were you know, cool um, back in the day. And, uh, and all those things. And I, I remember sitting in the waiting room for uh, chemo and radiation, talking to people. And, um, and I listened to their stories where somebody would catch a train for two hours and then a bus to the hospital. Um, and they would have chemo that day and, and then catch a bus to the train and a train home again by themselves with no one at their home. And I thought, I, I've, no, I've never been so grateful to be planted in the house of God. You know, in your tough times, you need to be planted in the house of God. When in, your, in, in your good times, you need to be planted in the house of God. It should be a high treasure for every believer that that's who we are. So I wanna speak to you uh, from 1 Timothy chapter 6 today verses 17 through 19. And uh, this is Paul speaking to uh, an up and coming preacher, pastor, Timothy. And he says this, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them number one, do good, and then they'd be rich in good works. Number two, they'd be ready to give. Number three, be willing to share, storing up for themselves good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. And I, I looked at this and it's almost like there's different levels to our Christian experience or different portions that we need to step into uh, to outwork the plan of God for our lives. And uh, in each one of these you know, portions or experiences or levels brings blessing and favour to it. Um, the first thing is said in that Scripture was number one, God gives us all things to enjoy. He gives us everything to enjoy. Uh, therefore, the plan of God was not to bring pain to the world, but to bring enjoyment to the world. Unfortunately, the devil got in, of course, has so flipped things on its head. Things that were meant for good are now used for evil and the whole thing. But the bottom line, God gave us all things to enjoy. In context to the house of God, we should be planted in the house of God and we should be enjoying it, not enduring it. All right, if you're, if you're enduring <laughs> your, your connection to the house of God, you've lost your treasure or your passion for the Saviour, the bridegroom. You've lost it. Yeah, no, I haven't. no, you have, because the house of God was not to be endured, it's to be enjoyed. Uh, you know what religion is? Religion is not the church down the road with stained glass windows. Religion is what, listen, 
is what good people do when they lose their passion for God. They follow routine, they follow ritual. It's endured but not enjoyed. And that's never the plan of God. Uh, We want you here because you enjoy the things of God. And that's not, I can't make you do that. I I can't make it happen for you. That's gotta be something you do in your heart. It's like I said, the enemy will come and steal your treasure, your marriage, and it will bring all sorts of things against it. And today, if I'm talking to you, you need to find God in a fresh dynamic way today and get your passion back for Him and His house and His bride. Because they should be the high treasures of every believer. Because without them, we have absolutely nothing. It has community, it has friendship, it has encouragement, it has faith, it has hope, it has purpose. Um, and some really funny moments. There's no doubt as I look back over the years, some of the funniest things have ever happened, or I've seen have happened in the house of God. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30 says this. Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Understand the word yoke means teachings back in the day. Take my teachings upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my teaching is easy and my burden is light. There's a whole sense that the plan of God in the house of God, being planted, seeking first the kingdom, is about bringing pleasure and rest to our soul. That's how we should be living. If not, treasure pirates have come in and they've stolen your passion from who God is. And if you're loving, listen to this, if you are loving your experience as a believer, if you find it joy to be around Christians and the house of God, you can't help but attract other people to the Kingdom of God. You can't help it. It's just what happens. We're not trying to chase them, we attract them. Don't, don't, don't be strange about it, but we need to be, if we're loving it, we're attracting those people around us. I um, remember the story of when I first started uh, our church in Noosa, it was my first uh, church. And uh, I remember this guy, would come, his wife came to the church and he would come at the end of service and have coffee and hang around a little bit and talk. And, and, and after months of seeing that, I, I thought I better have a talk to him. And I said, let's go out for lunch. And I, I went to a restaurant and, and I said, what's going on? You're, you're at church at the end. Uh, you won't, you're not a believer, obviously. And you don't wanna give your life to Jesus. What's the problem between you and God? And there's no, there's no word of, this is what he did. We're in a restaurant and I'm sitting there and after asking that question, this is what he did, he went. So I leaned in and he said, my problem is I don't wanna be like my wife. Because his wife came to the church and she was lovely, but a little, you know, God's after fruit, not nuts. And, um, and, he was really worried that if he became a believer, he'd have to be like her. He was worried. I said, that's what's stopping you? I was in shock. So I leaned back and I went, my gosh, I can't believe that. So this is what I did. I went like this. So he let in and I said, I don't want you to be like her either. And he got saved. He became a Christian right there and then at the table. So our experience either attracts people or rejects people, how we live out our life. I mean, if you walk around as a believer like you've been sniffing lemon juice all day, you're not attracting anybody. Where it's to be enjoyed, not endured. We've got to find God fresh again. The second thing it goes on to say is, enjoy the house of God, enjoy the people of God, enjoy God's presence. Number two, let them do good. 
Let them do good. While you have breath in your lungs, as a believer in Jesus, you should be helping somebody go somewhere, do something. It's what we're called to do that. Nothing in God is about yourself. When you get saved, it wasn't just about getting you to heaven, it was now about you getting somebody else to heaven. When you got healed, it wasn't God just healed you, now you can bring faith and hope and get healing to other people. When you are blessed to be a blessing, nothing in God is just about you. And while we breathe, we should have a context of who am I reaching out to? Who am I helping? What part am I playing in doing good? Get involved, serve, participate. Be somebody else's answer. When I first got saved, I had no idea about church life. No, no, not a clue. I was, never grew up, I had no idea. And I became a believer and within two weeks, um, I was serving on the door. I thought, well, I can't, I don't know much about anything else, but I can serve on the door. I can help. My plan every Sunday was, before they get past me, they're gonna be happy, excited, and ready to worship Jesus. That was my whole goal on a Sunday morning. And I'd watch people come in and they looked like they'd been arguing. You know, you tell, you know, husband and wife, they're arguing and doing their special moves. <laughs> and my job was to get them ready. For me. And one day I was watching this couple come in, I'm, I'm gonna get them ready. And uh, I, I'm glad I did, because it was the pastor. Um, <laughs> he had to preach, so I had to get him ready for. But I, 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 I don't know, I, I'm not a great spectator, I guess. I just like to be in the game. I like to serve and enjoyed it all the time, all the way through. I still enjoy all that we do now. Um, so those who rise to this next level, they add to their enjoyment by being involved in God's plans and purposes. Uh, I, I know this for a fact, if you are bored being a Christian, it's your own fault. If you wanna get out of boredom and into life and life abundantly, be involved in the purposes and the plans of God. Your excitement level will go up a whole bunch. There's weekend services to be involved. You can be that person on the door. Or maybe they hate talking to people. Well, we've got tech teams for you. There's people behind these screens down in offices running boards and machines and they're all down there doing their thing. And this place is senior programs, She Rescue, Red Frogs and Lucia, children's ministry, uh, youth team, praise and worship, pastoral care, life group leaders, vision, there's everything from front door to high tech. Understand, Jesus never said, go and make spectators of all nations. He didn't, he didn't say, go and expect, no, He said, go and make disciples of all nations. Somebody that gets involved. Psalm 100 verse two says it like this. Serve the Lord with gladness. <laughs> Come before His presence with singing. And I wanna tell you, if your heart's right, then even serving in the house of God is a lot of fun. It's enjoyable. God's given us all things to enjoy, especially helping other people. The third thing it goes on, it says, you know, get ready to, to serve, but then are you ready to give? Are you ready to give? And I, I, I love this, because I love the language in the Scripture. Uh, Paul says to, the, um, to Timothy, he says, command them, not ask them. He said, command those who are rich to give. Don't ask them about it. He says, command them. So I'm taking that authority today, and I'm commanding you in Jesus' Name. Well, I, I'm, I'm not rich. Well, yeah, I'm not, no. <laughs> I've got bad news for somebody here today. By the mere fact that you live in Australia, by the mere fact that you live here, you are now in the top 20% of the richest people on the earth. Doesn't matter how much you earn, 
You are by the mere fact that you live in Australia. You are now in the top 20% of the richest people on the earth. So I'm talking to you. I'm talking to everybody here today. It's God's plan for everybody. It's not how much, it's that we do. Everybody's got the ability to give differently. I know that. If you're really rich, you should be giving a whole lot more than you are now. And if you're not so rich, then you should be giving something. It's always God's plan that we're ready to give. You see, riches are not to be our treasure. The King is to be our treasure. Kingdom purpose is to be our treasure. Don't trust riches. <laughs> don't, don't trust riches. As a matter of fact, riches, if they become your King, steal your relationship with Jesus. I was speaking to um, a pastor in South Korea a few years back. He had a very big church, I think it was 80,000 people. And, um, and, he, and I said, what's your biggest problem with the gospel in South Korea these days? He said, apathy, familiarity. He said, we were such a poor nation and God moved so powerfully. We had Yongi Cho's church, you know, a million people, ma other massive churches. It was such a move of God for years and years and years. And um, we were so blessed. We went from the poorest nation to one of the richest nations. And you know what our curse has become? Our prosperity. Because people have given up on the things of God because they don't need them like they used to. So don't let, treasures don't let riches become your treasure. You can have riches, but don't let them become your treasure. Because it will take away, it will steal from the treasure that God's given you, which is your relationship with Him and the purposes of heaven. But I, 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 I love what giving does. Giving gives me a voice. It really does. Your, your, your financial giving, it says, it's, and when, when we come to faith, love, hope, it doesn't just talk, it shouts. Because it's big, it's powerful. But I know this, that my giving says to the traffic child, I can set you free, you have a future. My giving says to the drug addict, I can set you free, God has a plan for your life. My giving says to the poor and neglected and hungry, we can help you, we can feed you, there's hope and a future for you. My giving says to the lost, you can be found. Jesus loves you. Giving gives us a say into our generation. Gives us a say. We can change the narrative by our generosity. And not only is it influential, but I find it incredibly joyful to be able to give and to sow into the things of God. <laughs> and if it's, your <laughs> if it's your treasure, you'll be happy to give to the house of God. Uh, let me tell you some carnal stories about me. I really like golf now. now. The reason I've taken up golf is because I've been surfing and snowboarding all of my life and I'm getting to an age where I'm the oldest snowboarder on the mountain. There's not long left in snowboarding. Surfing, just a little bit longer. Golf, I can go for a long time. <laughs> so it's become one of my treasures. And I never get upset about spending or investing in the new golf clubs. Because it's my treasure. I never walk in and go, I can't believe you're charging me that. I'm not taking it. Well, don't play golf then. All right, I'll take it. This is my treasure. And if the house of God is your treasure, then of course you're gonna enjoy giving to you. You know, it's a simple thing. It's like, you know, it's the same thing. It's, a, it's your treasure and if it's your treasure, you find it enjoyable. And if it's not your treasure today, you need to find a fresh touch of God upon your life and get Him back to being your treasure. So we're gonna, about to receive our giving today. So I'd love you to get ready for that. We've got buckets back, I believe. 
Um, and uh, you can give that way. So the buckets are back. But again, there's many ways to give. This should have been on the screen behind me. Uh, we've made it every opportunity to make it as easy as possible. Um, I'll just read from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verses 6 through 8. And if the attendants can be ready, we'll pray. Uh, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will sow reap sparingly. But who sows bountifully will what? Will reap bountifully. Your choice is what do you want to reap? So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, see? Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, everything's to be enjoyed. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Listen to this, that you, as you give, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. There's no talk of lack in generosity. It's talk of abundance for them and for you. So if we can get ready to give, hold, take that, Check or cash in your envelope in your hand. The rest of you hold that offering in your heart. And we're gonna pray. If we could get the containers down, ready to go, that'd be great. Let's pray. Father, we thank You right now as we get ready to give. We thank You in this moment that we plant seed for the future. God, we thank You that we're called to give and it makes a difference in our lives and for others. God, I pray an anointing of blessing on this seed. Like God, Jesus, with the loaves and the fishes, in His hands, it fed the multitudes. In Your hands, the world can be changed. Blessed, and I pray blessing on those that give in Jesus' mighty Name. And all that agreed said, Amen and Amen. All right, we're gonna receive that offer. I'm gonna finish the message as they do that. So it went, um, it went enjoy, uh, serve, get ready to give. And then it says, be willing to share. And I think this is a significant step up for people to understand. Uh, this is not in the context of sharing with each other. It's, it's a bigger uh, concept than that. Uh, the next level is to share in the load, is to carry the vision of the house. It's not just being here. It's not Mark's church or that church. It's my church. It's that sharing the load and the responsibility of the mission that we're involved in. Back in the Old Testament, it talks about Solomon's temple that he built for God. And it talks about the pillars in the temple, how they held massive weight and kept the uh, temple in place so people could worship the king. It also spoke that the temples were, were coated in gold. Oh, not the temple, the pillars were coated in gold. And then as the morning sun rose, the sun would hit the gold on the pillars and it would reflect back out in the countryside and the hills and the mountains. And again, it prompted or reminded people to come and be a part of the house of God. And what we need to have, honestly, you know, what we're called to do as a church is not gonna happen just because I am so good looking. We need people to step into this place of carrying weight and responsibility and load. It's not, it's not a big deal, it's an attitude of heart. It says, I'm in, I'm locked in, I'm here to share the load. I wanna be a pillar in the house of God. I wanna reflect the goodness of God to my community. I wanna hold the spiritual weight so the people of God can worship the King of glory. Jesus illustrates this level using Himself as an example in John chapter 10, verses 11 through 13. <coughs> It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, listen to this, but a hireling, he is not the shepherd. One who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming, the trouble coming, and he leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. 
And I see this picture of Jesus saying, there are people that are, they're like seasonal workers. They, they come for a season and then when it gets a bit hard or it gets a bit tough, they, they, they decide to leave. It doesn't suit their needs anymore. And He says, no, no, we need to be shepherds that care for the sheep. I could point out to you over our services, hundreds of people that have been here for well before I arrived on the scene that have been through the tough times and the good times and are still pillars in this house of God. And I think it's a call for all of us to make that decision at some time of, you know, I wanna go to that next level. And uh, what we do is we try and train and equip and get you ready for that. As a matter of fact, this Thursday night, we have a vision builders meeting on right here at church. And uh, it's not for certain types of people. It's not for just financial people. It's for people that feel that they wanna go to that next level, understand the vision more clearly, be a part of carrying the weight and responsibility of uh, what God's got here as a church. We've got a great speaker coming in uh, to, to bless you as well. But it's gonna be a great evening of getting with like-minded people. And I, I pray that a lot of you would decide, you know what, today I, I wanna go from there to there to willing to share, to do what we are called to do as a church. We need people willing to share in speaking the vision, going after the dream, carrying the weight, caring for the people and moving forward. So level four includes all the other levels. So as I finish today, seek first the Kingdom and what you need shall be added to you. Make it your treasure. Be planted in the house, make it your treasure and you shall flourish in your old age. There's great treasure in His house. Let's live enjoying all that God's given us, doing good, making a difference, giving generously, being locked in and committed to the vision, carrying the weight, reflecting God's goodness to the world around us. Let it be said about us that we did our part in bringing Jesus to our generation. Let it be said about us, we did our part of bringing Jesus to our generation. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, I thank You today for this great church, these great people. God, I pray this message speaks to people at so many different levels. I pray, God, You'd speak to their hearts and we'd start to see the wonder of God move to a new place. As we get ready for 2022, 23, 24, 25, God, we're seeing the need for the church to stand up and shine brighter than it ever has before. I pray blessing on everybody here today. And with eyes closed and heads bowed, maybe today, even online, you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've come and you're not a believer in Christ. Maybe you're here today and you were, but life or distraction got in the way, but you're back right now and something's moving in your heart again. You see, it says, seek first the Kingdom. What you need is not what you are chasing, what you need is the Kingdom of God. Seek Him first and the things you need shall be added to you today. And I'd love to pray with you today because the Bible says, if you believe upon Jesus, you shall be saved. Saved out of your past and saved into a better future. So right now where you're seated, I'd love to be a part of your answer right now by praying with you. So to know who I'm praying with today, if that's you say, so you know what, I wanna believe upon Jesus for the first time, or I wanna reconnect, I wanna recommit my life, let's do that as well. Would you slip your hand up and give me a wave and say, include me in this prayer today. Thank you down the front, that's a great decision. Thank you at the back, that's a great decision over there as well. So look around the room, thank you at the back, that's a great decision up that end of the world. From the front to the back, left to the right, I'm looking one more time. You haven't slipped your hand up, just slip it up right now. Thank you, right at the back, I see your hand. Great decision right there. So look, one more time. Lord, as I looked, I saw hands go up, but it's not what You saw. You saw hearts, Your people, Your creation, they opened up to You. Now a miracle can take place in their soul. 
they shall be born again, made alive to God. You promised that you forgive every sin, every failure, every mistake and remember it never again. You would love us so tightly and completely we'd become sons, daughters of the Most High God. And I know that heaven rejoices when even one returns home. So I know right now that heaven is rejoicing for these people. And so do we here at City Point Church in Jesus' Name. And all the agreed said, Amen. Let's give it up for those people. Let's celebrate with them. Great decisions. Congratulations, 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 congratulations. 